This episode is brought to you by Meow Wolf. Manifest unique family memories at Meow Wolf Denver. Quantum travel is the most comfortable way for Earthers of all ages to explore a playground of imagination. And why visit just once when this immersive experience reshapes every time you enter? C Street is my favorite because C Street has this vibe of like 80s dystopian. There's like slime coming down the walls and there's weird posters. And then of course, the secret club. With the annual Portal Pass, drop by Convergence Station as much as you want for less than the cost of two adult tickets. So if you plan to go twice, it's worth it. Plus, enjoy discounts, special offers, and so much more. Get the annual Portal Pass and spend quality space time with your favorite Earthers today. Learn more at MeowWolf.com. That's MeowWolf.com. Today on CityCast Denver is brought to you by the Colfax Avenue Business Improvement District. Last night at the beautiful patio behind Bruise Off Facts, we recorded a live show with an awesome panel of some of our favorite guests. With plenty of your nominations and some of our own, we inducted the inaugural class of what we're calling the Colfax Hall of Fame. And just a note that you might have already guessed, this interview touches on some explicit topics. Today is Friday, July 21st. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Hello, everyone. Welcome to CityCast Denver Live. You are all here. Hello, Thank Colfax. Thank you so much. I'm Bree Davies. That's Paul Caroli. Hi, everyone. These are important people we're going to introduce in just a minute. Uh, <laughs> these are our real faces. This is who we are. Um, we've, established, we've assembled this distinguished panel of Colfax aficionados to decide tonight which five iconic Colfax people, places, or things must absolutely be in a Hall of Fame. If there was one, we're going to maybe create one right now. Oh, hi, Blake. Is yes, thank okay? you. That's an, that's an applause line, everybody. A Colfax <laughs> Hall of Fame. This is an important project we're doing tonight. Someone told me you need it. No, we're all good. <laughs> thank you, Blake. Big round of applause expert. for Blake, everybody. Blake, thank help you, us Blake. out big time tonight. It, it's thank always you, good Blake. to feel needed, really. So we need to prepare a nomination um, before we get there. Are we going to introduce our panelists? Or are we going to explain the rules, Paul? I think we should explain the rules. Okay. Explain the rules. So you the rules sit here. The rules are very important because this has to be official. I'll be the, the rules keeper tonight, and I'll be enforcing these very strictly. So each of our panelists, who we'll introduce in a moment, are going to have a nomination to enter the Hall of Fame. We also have some listener nominations we've collected over the last few weeks. We're going to consider those as well. Now, those nominations are only going to be finalists. If they're seconded, we're going to have a conversation about each one. Then at the end, we'll decide the five inductees of the first class of the Colfax Hall of Fame. Cool. All right? Cool. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Okay, let's introduce you all since you've been sitting up here. Uh, this is my friend, Keith Garcia. He is uh, he has spent more than 20 years with Denver Film and is currently the artistic director of the C Film Center. And I promise if you have seen one of your favorite cult films in a movie theater here in Denver, Keith probably made it happen. So 
Uh, he's also a filmmaker, and he's wrapping up his forthcoming dragumentary, The Heels Have Eyes, about Denver's vibrant and eclectic drag performance community. Keith also founded Cinema Q, which focuses on giving LGBTQ plus films their due. Um, and this Cinema Q is amazing. It started as a program. It has now become a big gay festival. Big gay festival. And that happens this August. So check out denverfilm.org for more information on that. Uh, Keith wants me to let you all know he is off the market. I know his boyfriend, his name is Charles. He's very handsome. He is not here tonight. But Keith also loves pizza and cohabitates with his longtime feline familiar, Jordan Catalano. <laughs> Welcome, Keith, to the panel. Our next distinguished panelist, Pat, Patricia Calhoun, co-founded Westward in 1977 and has been the editor ever since. Her first meal as a Denver resident was at the Satire Lounge right here on Colfax. Woo! How about that? <laughs> That's bona fides if I've ever heard them. Patty also employed all of us on this panel to write at one time for Westward. So, um, and then we have Skylar McKinley, and he has had at least one drink at every Colfax bar from Guido's Nickel to the Frontier Club. Two bars I have never heard of. Both great. Okay, I'll trust you on that. When he's not doing that, he's a part-time writer, a full-time flack, and the owner, and these are his words, not mine, least competent bartender at the Oak Creek Tavern. I also just learned you're from Pueblo. You just get a little extra credit for that. That goes with the loss of competency. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, I think I'm you, from there. I can say that. It gives you street credit. My cousin Jimmy's going to be sending me an angry email after this. Like, what'd you say about Pueblo? <laughs> and finally. Yes. The me. connoisseur of Colfax herself. She's a fiend for the 15 and a glutton for that signature grit. Bree Davies is our final panelist, everybody. Give her a round of applause, please. I have, I have no credentials whatsoever. I'm just a real freak for Colfax. Your credentials are the street. That's right. That's right. So, um, you know what? I think before we get started, we need to ask each of you, so our audience gets a little bit better idea, what your personal relationship is with Colfax. So, Keith, tell me about your personal relationship with Colfax. Uh, born and raised here. It just was has always been the main artery. It's just where my family drove me up and down for up and down and all around for decades. Uh, I, not decades. I, I started driving <laughs> at 16 for a long time. Um, and as a Denver queer individual, um, grew up going over to the neighborhood of Cheeseman Park over here, which of course is like bled over into the years onto this part, Capitol Hill and all that stuff. So Colfax is just my prize. And Film Center, of which I'm the artistic director of, uh, the the best movie theater in town. Also, Denver's only film nonprofit um, is just two blocks that way, um, showing a whole bunch of stuff just for y'all, and uh, the best programming, the best popcorn, the best everything at the C Film Center. And we have Barbie and Oppenheimer this week, so we know you want to see that. So please come and see that there. That's a nicer way than you put it on Instagram. You're really threatening people. I mean, you're I, like, I, if you're going to go see Barbie and Oppenheimer and you are not seeing it at the sea, I, I mean, don't want to talk to Instagram you. My Instagram is connected to my friends, so it's <laughs> I like... <laughs> I, resp I respect I respect that. I respect that. Okay, Patty, how about you? What is your relationship with Colfax? Well, if you're writing about Denver, you can't ignore Colfax. It's the heart and soul and grit and underbelly and just every other physical aspect 
of Colorado. I mean, it is the key. So we've been driving up and down, distributing westward along Colfax for 47 years. Since the 70s, arguably maybe the best time of Colfax that I was not there for. You know, there were a lot of, there have been a lot of good times on Colfax. I was going backwards and... The 50s look interesting, the 40s. Remember when Colfax was the gateway to the West? Yes. So this was the tourist trip. This is how people from around the world drove into the Rocky Mountains. Pre the uh, Valley High. Pre, pre, pre the I-70. Highway. Yeah, pre I-70. Pre I-20. This was the fabulous strip. The way to get here. Uh, Skyler, what is your relationship with Colfax? Yeah, I, I'm grateful that I share a name with Colfax's namesake, Skyler Colfax. Uh, by the way, also the the love interest of the uh, the boyfriend rather of the errant love interest in Every Which Way But Loose, which is the famous movie with Clint Eastwood and an orangutan that takes place in part on Colfax. His name is also Skyler. Uh, if that isn't good, I'm actually named after that guy. Uh, <laughs> but if that isn't good enough, I have lived within two blocks of Colfax for about a decade now. Uh, I am proud to be a pedestrian primarily. I walk primarily on Colfax. I have been at every dive, for better or for worse, on Colfax. This street is as much Denver's main street as it is sort of the main street of my experience as a Coloradan. And I think that, you know, there is no more of a ground zero where the action is happening uh, than Colfax Avenue when it comes to Colorado. Well put, well put. Um, I lived off of Colfax as well, much to my parents' dismay in the year 1999 it was a different place for sure um i got i went to my first shows on colfax the bluebird theater the ogden theater the fillmore which was once the mammoth event center um what else i spent a lot of time in the drive-thru at the taco bell at colfax and williams still there that's Thank still there you. Yeah. shout out to that taco bell still there <laughs> still Sketchy. Still mean, mean to you, yeah. So sketchy. Will that Taco Bell get into the Hall of Fame tonight? We'll see. We'll see. I think that Taco Bell bathroom could get into the Hall of Fame because I interviewed a woman that worked at that Taco Bell once, and she said someone set this bathroom on fire. That's why you can't use it. So, very Colfaxing cool experience. Okay, so those I, are our credentials. I think we should get to the nomination. Let's do Let's it. get to the main event. Okay, our first nomination comes from a listener. Okay, here we go. Hi, Bree. It's Jenny from University Hills. Hey, I think that bourbon chicken is really worthwhile for the for the Colfax Hall of Fame. That um, gentleman and his adorable wife, they are so cute, and they have been slinging that delish chicken for a very, very long time. Okay, that's my vote. Have a great day. Okay, so her nomination was for bourbon chicken. How do you guys feel about bourbon chicken? Um, I live two blocks away from it, and it <laughs> smells delicious all the time. So I'm a fan of that aroma in the air. Um, and it's delicious. It is good. Um, survived its move from yes. a little distinct part over here to over there, a better place for it. Uh, funny, it just came up because I watched a TikTok <laughs> this weekend oh, no. where a... A very distressed Karen was going off about flying into town for the Taylor Swift concert and looking for a place that her and her family could eat at, and they were recommended bourbon chicken, five stars on her recommendations. And uh, she was terrified by five men oh, hanging boy. out around outside of the bourbon chicken. 
And so it was this whole thing about feeling unsafe and then essentially running down Colfax in the night with her family in terror. <laughs> so it Sucks was essentially it was essentially uh, the babysitter's friend in Adventures in Babysitting yes. at the bus station losing her glasses and then running into everything <laughs> along the way. So anyway. Oh, I don't feel bad for her. No, I don't. But good recommendation. So I think for folks that haven't been to uh, Bourbon Chicken, it's like massive helpings in a styrofoam container. You can get like chicken lo mein. Yeah, inflation never hit Bourbon Chicken. It's true. Yeah. I mean, you can eat for days off of and one. And good silverware or dining linen. Yeah. But that's good. <laughs> Just plasticware, you get, I mean, all kinds of things. Chicken wings. It's delicious. It's delicious. Okay, so Bourbon Chicken's in there. All right. I think, I think good that nomination. TikTok moves it to the top. I know. I, when you said TikTok, I was afraid something happened to it, like Domo, you know? I will say, though, having lived by the old Bourbon Chicken for a long time, I have never more often thought a building was on fire yes. than just walking by Bourbon Chicken. And, you know, it's and there's some nice Colfax history, too. The reason Bourbon Chicken was located there on the front of a house was because they changed the zoning uh, in the 20s. And so you had all these storefronts be built on Colfax attached to houses. And and that house is now pretty derelict. I'd love yes. to live there, as is. Uh, that's that Denver housing Me crisis too. in a nutshell. Shell. I, that yeah. looks great. Uh, but but I always thought, I was like, today's going to be the day that bourbon chicken burns down. And meanwhile, it's next door neighbor, the Burger King, didn't make it. <laughs> yeah, I think the way that they cook the chicken, it does look like the building is on fire. Which, to me, was just like, oh, well, they're open. Yeah. So I'll go get in line. All right. Uh, Keith, would you like to give your first, uh, your nomination for the Colfax Hall of Fame? Sure. Um... I think I'm just going to be, I'm going to be the gay one up here tonight the whole Thank night. You. So Thank you. Thank you. It'll be that spicy flavor. Uh, my recommendation for the Colfax Hall of Fame um, is the R&R Lounge, which is up East Colfax, a little bit Woo-hoo! further from here. There you go. Some love uh, for the R&R. In the, love in, in the Mayfair neighborhood. Yes. Um, the R&R Lounge has been open since the 50s, and it was called the Coral Lounge back then in the 50s uh, when it wasn't distinctly gay but it was because in the 50s nothing could be distinctly gay but it was mixed is what it was called where it was a bar where normal folks went and then a few of those fae those fae types couple fae and it was okay it was just like whatever Um, but uh, it changed hands um, shortly after that in the 60s, R&R stands for not rest and relaxation, but Rick and Roger. Oh, the two, I love this The two owners who, who bought it uh, from the Coral Lounge. <laughs> and because of the turn of Stonewall and all those places in the late 60s, it became what's known as a rainbow on the door bar. So if you drive by now, you can see the rainbow paint uh, on the front door. Um, and they were just really uh, proud about their, their queer leanings. So... R&R has been uh, queer in here since the 50s and still standing and is not, you know, right now is a time when queer spaces are being very much attacked. Yeah. And uh, we need to protect them and protect queer LGBTQIA individuals and kids and all that stuff. And not to send kids to the bar, but, you know. <laughs> hey, I mean, I was a kid. They're going to need a bar, so I turned out yeah. fine. Yes. Uh, when they get old enough. Um, But that's what I mean. Queer spaces need recognition. And we do have a great amount over here. We do. uh, Of a burgeoning gayborhood. You know, you have X-Bar, Charlie's, um, Crazy Horse Bar is now a new place, Tight End, all those places. But R&R still remains a a dyed-in-the-wool bar. There's nothing wild ever really going on there. They occasionally have, like, 
a come dressed as this night, <laughs> whatever you like. Um, and some, you know, the same bartenders and the same kind of clientele. And it's just a nice place that I hope remains nice for forever. Oh, so. I love this nomination. So that's my nomination. Thank the R&R Lounge. Okay. Anybody else have any thoughts on R&R? Any other straight it's people on this it's panel with me? <laughs> Good choice. Good choice. And also, how many bars from the 50s are still... That's, I know, that's right. what I was thinking. I was like, that Definitely. is a rarity, especially for Colfax. There's very few of those left, or any businesses from that time. So, okay. I love it. Um, next, we have a voicemail. Hey, this is Kimberly. And um, although I live in the Burbs, uh, my husband works um, on Colfax with... Uh, ministry there and I grew up here in Denver um, I want to contribute to the uh, Colfax Hall of Fame the Aurora Fox Theater um, they have been doing some incredible incredible um, pieces and in artwork um, of live theater for years and years so I would love to nominate the Aurora Fox Thank bye the Aurora Fox Theater East Colfax Institution no doubt one of those gorgeous old theaters, too, Keith, right? Leftover, like, we still have the facade. We still have the beautiful front. Exactly, have, and still doing not just, like, stage theater, but occasionally film screenings and stuff like that, and hasn't been gutted to become a, yeah, a, I wanted a, a to whiskey distillery or any of those. <laughs> Ooh, are you talking about the Weber Theater? I'm yes. talking about the okay. frickin fucking Webber Theater. <laughs> I want to ask: Was uh, the the fox is never a stroke palace, right? I mean, you would know. I don't know. I don't think. I think it's always remained classy. It was not a. It was not a porn theater, is what Skylar's asking. Empty. It was just empty for a long time. It's great. I mean, Aurora has good culture in some cases. That city has done more than Denver has. I was just going to say. To preserve culture. Yeah, I was going to say the diversity of their theater offerings, too, there are pretty incredible. I'm thinking about Janae Burris filmed her special there. So they do comedy. They do everything. I love that nomination because we don't we don't touch on the Aurora side of Colfax enough. I think, good good call. Okay, next, oh, Skyler, do you want to give us your nomination? Yeah, I, I would love to. Uh, so my nomination is for Joey Mestis, who is the longtime food runner, barback slash jack of all trades at Pete's Satire Lounge. If you have been to Pete's uh, in any of its iterations since. February 6th, 1962, you have met Joey. He has been there that long. He is most famous, of course, in part because of Patty uh, for his catchphrase, plates are hot, have a nice time. Uh, he is an institution. I mean, just, just imagine working uh, at, at anywhere for 50 years. But then you start to sort of think, what, what, what do we think of? What do we mean when we talk about Colfax? And I, I think it's people like Joey. And I have had far far too much time and not enough time with Joey, where I can tell you that he, he, he got the job, he arrived in Denver on his birthday, he was unemployed, he meets, a, he meets a, a guy who runs a restaurant supply company, he starts helping that guy out, the guy takes him to the satire, buys him dinner, it was a Mexican restaurant, turns out their dishwasher quit that night. Joey starts being the dishwasher at the satire lounge, he gets hired full time, Soon after, he's the food runner. 20 years later, he lives in the apartment above the satire, which of course once belonged to the Smothers Brothers. Uh, he's part of Colfax history. He's hardworking, he's kind, he always has a story. That's what this street is about. And, and look, I would say finally, I know Joey within the satire. Sometimes I'll see him when I'm going to the gym early in the morning. It'll be in some alley and, and Joey's up and I never know what he's up to, right? There's, there's always a mysterious edge to Joey. 
Meanwhile, when I see him at the bar, I will leave. About two weeks ago, I left with two giant paintings for me to put up in my bar. He's like, I've got something for you. He's, he's offered to take, he's taking the boots off my feet to shine them. He's taking jewelry off my wrist. Um, Colfax, uh, and, and polished it and gave it right oh, back. okay. And like, with, with an extra piece of jewelry attached. That's not very Colfax. So when we talk to the mystery and the working class flair and the kindness and the fun, that we think of when we talk about Colfax. What we're talking about is Joey Mestis, who of course came from Trinidad, ended up in Denver, and now has become an iconic part of so many people's lives for a generation. That doesn't exist in Denver, let alone on a single street, and I'm really grateful to, to know the guy. Talk about a guy that's seen some shit. Colfax? Oh, and cleaned it up. Since By the way, the he cleans 60s? the floors. He cleans the floors, oh, fixes geez. the jukebox, fixes the ice machine. Endless respect to Joey. Patty, what do you what do you think about that nomination? Oh, I knew Skyler was gonna do it, so I couldn't use it. He was the one who served my first meal on Colfax. This plate is hot, Joey. And I believe it. They have a neon sign that says this, right? In yes. The bar? So now, now, now they do. Yeah. Now the satire is under the the really able control of Pete's grandson Alex. And to honor that history, they got a custom neon made right above the kitchen that says, "Plates are hot. Have a nice time." That's impressive, but also. Joey is still serving food in his 70s. This is the only job he's had since That's he was a, awesome. a teenager. And you know what he still says every time? Plates are hot. Have a nice time. <laughs> oh, excellent nomination. Excellent nomination. Um, I think, do we want to go to a... I think it's time for podcast listeners to hear a quick break. What's up, weather fam? Happy Friday. Here's an update on your weekend weather and kind of a few weather notes from around Colorado. So we haven't seen too much monsoon moisture this year. It's been pretty delayed, and that has really led to the mountains and the western slope of Colorado drying out. They haven't seen as much rain as the I-25 corridor has, and so the monsoon may rains being lacking have actually really impacted them. They are likely to see some drought conditions reintroduce themselves uh, into the area over the next couple of weeks. We have finally gotten our first surge of monsoon moisture at the end of this week. You've noticed that by the uh, uptick in storm coverage and the downtick in temperatures. It's not going to last for very long. We have really hot and uh, mostly dry weather in the forecast for the weekend and early next week. We are talking about temperatures going back up into the mid to upper 90s for much of next week. So stay cool. Enjoy the coolness while we had it. I hope you did. Um, but get ready for more hot weather in the next coming weeks and maybe even some drought conditions returning to western Colorado. Let's roll on into a voicemail. Hello, my name is Jake Harvey, and I live in North Capitol Hill. And I'm here to give my nomination for the Colfax Hall of Fame. Colfax is a queer destination and gathering place, so it is only appropriate that an iconic and legendary drag queen be included in the Colfax Hall of Fame. I nominate Felony Misdemeanor, who is Denver's favorite provocative stoner drag auntie. There's a reason why Colorado dispensaries carry edibles named after her. According to Westward, Felony has been seducing Denver audiences for almost 20 years and has been doing drag for even longer. Felony simply must be crowned in the Colfax Hall of Fame. Thank you. <laughs> I just want to, first of all, we're talking about drag queen felony misdemeanor. Um, our caller read a transcript from one of Keith's articles about, <laughs> about felony, about felony <laughs> from Westward. But I was like, that's me. <laughs> I mean, I would agree. I think if you've ever seen Felony, she's like raunchy and kind of can 
confrontational a little bit, I would say. Raunchy, confrontational, but like just earns every dollar tip that is given to, to felony. Um, sexy, hilarious. She dropped Always a beer high. on me once, and I still love her. <laughs> dropped a beer on Brie once, but sure. Brie still loves her. Um, Felony's amazing. <laughs> yeah, she um, is. And Felony is someone I've... This is not tooting a horn. This is just what I do. Um, <laughs> I've helped two, two Denverites get onto RuPaul's Drag Race via filming their audition tapes and doing all that stuff. And those two people won RuPaul's Drag Race on their seasons. Evie and Willow. Evie, yeah. Evie Oddly and Willow Pill. And um, Felony Misdemeanor has been someone who I think deserves that platform as well. And it's just never worked out in all the years that... But that I was going to say, she is one of those queens that has been here before before, yeah, before we made it big. Yeah. You know what I mean? She was laying the groundwork. Before work. Drag Race was a whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah. She was around before Drag Race. Okay. So, who's next? Do y'all have any comments on Felony Misdemeanor? Yeah. Do y'all know Felony Misdemeanor? You did write the book, Great. literally. <laughs> so, he's making the movie. And you're yes. making, and the movie. making the movie. So you're kind of... I, I would just say that I think that part of Colfax history is so integral. Yeah. Um, is that for so long, especially in that era, folks who needed a wayward home always had one. No matter where, what walk of life, no matter what background. And so I, I think that's a key part of the Colfax story. From, from drag queens to, to sex workers to, to panhandlers and more, right? Totally. These people could still build a life where I, I don't think you could have done that in Tulsa. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, or, or Pueblo. Or yes. Pueblo. <laughs> and Felony did get their start on uh, Charlie's. Was their first their Oh my first God, we bar, didn't even talk about Charlie's bar. when we were talking about bars earlier. Yeah. But, uh, talk about yeah. a staple. Yeah. Okay. Next, uh, Patty, do you want to give us your nomination? Well, sure. And part of the problem is, as we just talked about Charlie's, there are way too many places you could nominate. I know. There are so many places, it is very hard to narrow it down. One of the first things I asked is, can you include West Colfax? Because West Colfax is one of the unsung areas. We don't need to talk about Casa Bonita. Right. But I was thinking about the Rose Lady, the people who've seen her. Lake Steambass, set up in 27. And still amazing, although sold, so endangered. But the Russian Jewish community, really important. But then I thought about some of the institutions on Colfax that are unsung and we take so for granted. And Helen Bonfies, who was the wacky daughter of Frederick Bonfies, who owned the Denver Post, who loved theater who built the Bonfies Theater on Colfax in 1953, which you guys know as the Lowenstein Complex. Which is where the tattered cover is. Which is where the tattered cover is. The C Film Center. Which is where Sapsua is now. Allowed the C Film Center to be built next door. With Twist and Shout. And you think, what would Colfax be without these homegrown, really cool businesses cultural businesses, we've got to celebrate them. And Helen Bonfies, for all her mink-wearing, Perry Mason-loving ways, <laughs> built that theater and is the reason we have the Colfax Complex. It's a great theater. I mean, I mean I've mean, i only been in it as the tattered well, cover, as that the, section of it. It was the it, first but. theater built in 40 years in Denver. It was the Denver Civic Theater when oh. she built it. And then it became the Bonfies Theater because Daddy's money paid for it. But she did it. That's and awesome. she also ran the Denver Post basically into the ground, but she did run it. 
And until good job, Helen. Until DCPA DCPA came along, that was where we would go for live theater in Denver. I mean, that was on Colfax, which we don't think of as the cultural anchor. Very much was because of Helen. And of course, the Bonfils money paid for the DCPA too. Keith, you hang out there pretty regularly. I may know it. I may know a place there, too. I actually remember being a little kid, and I don't remember what, what grade, but a school trip to see some production at the Bonfils Theater and just kind of being like, this is cool. I was a little kid, but... Okay, so we've got Helen Bonfils. Um, next, we have a voicemail. So our next nomination is a text. We got a text from a listener named John I., he says, I think you should consider Lee Goodfriend and David Racine for the Colfax Hall of Fame. Goodfriends operated for 29 years at Colfax in St. Paul. Lee and David have many great stories to tell about Colfax before Colfax was cool. The location has been pick a rib before Goodfriends moved in. The pair sold the restaurant in 2008 to the Annie's Cafe team, who were being kicked out of their ninth in Colorado location. The owners of Annie's went to Racine's for breakfast one morning to seek advice from Lee Goodfriend and David Racine, who they knew had been through this turmoil. How do you deal with developers? What do you do with your staff? How do you tell them? Lee said, why don't you buy Goodfriends? We want to consolidate our business into Racine's and Dixon's, and the lease is coming up for renewal. So Lee Goodfriend and, and David, David Racine. Racine. Okay. I mean, we were, we were gals that went to Goodfriends for sure. Old Racines people. Patty, I know you're a fan of Racines. I think it's a little bit... It's hard to... Their restaurants aren't around anymore, right? Do we have any? Is Dick's... No, we're done. The Racines... No, they're gone. But if you want to talk about restaurants that have been here forever, Bastions... Yes. I mean, we should think about the places. Love, Lee, and David. But we've got to think about who's still going. I love... This is from John Membergamo, who's longtime restaurant behind-the-scenes gentleman, so I appreciate his his nomination, but I feel you. It might be more of a bastion situation. Also, but, are, are we sure their last name is really good friend? That sounds... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yes, so. because that's she wild. is from my hometown, and her sister, Kit, was in my high school class. It is a good last name, though. Outside Chicago, so there you go. Okay. Confirming. Evidence. So, I think I am the last nomination... Okay, I am nominating Smiley's Laundromat. In doing my research, I pulled up a bunch of articles written by you, Patty, and me, myself. R.I.P. R.I.P. So reliable. (laughs) I'm also like, Smiley's closed in 2013, so I apologize if most of you have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. It was uh, the world's, it, it called itself the world's largest discount laundromat. If you want to see all walks of life across Colorado, a laundromat is a great place to see people. And Smiley's was on Colfax. It opened in the 70s. And it just it was the first place I did my laundry outside of my parents' house. It's hard to describe. Patty, how would you describe what made Smiley's so cool and weird? You know, do it, washing your underwear with a lot of other people in a community <laughs> setting it's just kind of thrilling. And a lot of real interesting people that are interested in your laundry. Your underwear. And open 24 hours yes. a day. <laughs> that was the key. Smiley's was open 24 hours a day. This was at Colfax and Downing. It is now a hole in the ground because they're building something new there. 
But um, you're right, 24 hours a day, 3 a.m., it was a party at Smiley's for sure. I don't, I don't wanna, I don't wanna push too hard on my nomination, but I do have a Smiley's tattoo. Right here, it says Stay Grimy Colfax, and it is a washing machine. So that's where I'm, I'm putting my heart and soul into, into Smiley's. I think that's it. I think that's it. So Paul's been tallying over here and making an unofficial judgment on who the top five will be that we are putting into the official first Colfax Hall of Fame. But before we get there. Oh, before we get there. We do have a special bonus inductee. We get somebody that gets to skate the rules, Paul? There, there is one person who got so many good nominations from listeners and who we hold in such high esteem that we decided he deserves a special place in the Colfax Hall of Fame. We're, we're going to induct our first class in a minute, but right now we'd like to recognize Mr. Colfax 2023. <laughs> Mr. Colfax 2023. I, I think he's on the patio right now. Can we give you a, a big round of applause for Frank Locantore, please? Frank Locantore. He's the guy who's responsible for us all being together tonight. Thank you so much, Frank. Frank, please come to the stage. Frank did not know maybe we were going to do this to him. <laughs> While Frank's coming up, Paul, did you want to share a little bit about why fans of Frank think he should be in the Hall of Fame? I'd be happy to. So this is from one, one listener wrote in and wrote... This is Catherine W. says, Frank is Mr. Colfax. Michelle V. writes, Frank truly is an incredible advocate for Colfax. Like the time he drew a site map for a business owner having trouble applying for permits, or the time he called, emailed, met with every business owner individually during the pandemic to see how they were holding up. An another listener, Jill L. writes, Frank has <laughs> loved Colfax since long before he was paid to do so as executive director of the bid. One of our first dates together back in the early 90s was a late night meal at Pete's Kitchen where we had an intense and wide-ranging conversation about topics I've since forgotten. When we moved back to Denver in the mid-2000s, we once again had long rambling conversations while walking along Colfax, observing all the details that brought us to light. Frank, right. congratulations, Mr. Colfax. Mr. Colfax, Frank Locatori. Do you, do you want to say anything? I know we, we sprung this on you. I don't know what to say, um, but I hope there's uh, different winners for the Hall of Fame. You're our secret sixth man. So thank you, Frank. Frank. Round of applause for Frank Locatari, everybody. Frank, I have to ask you a question, though, Frank. Oh. So we, the C Film Center and the whole Cultureplex sits 200 feet <laughs> east of what I call the Mako Dixon line. <laughs> Because literally, CBID stops at the Mako. What do we have to do to get CBID to acquire that section right there? We don't care about the rest beyond beyond uh, to be in your column, beyond Elizabeth. Uh, th this isn't a uh, Russia-Ukrainian situation. Uh, that's not how we roll on Colfax. Can we redraw a map? In, in, uh, the, the, the solution is simple in words and a little, obviously more complicated than that, but it's like the people that want to be part of the bid have to say that, yes, I want to be part of the bid, and then the, a process begins from there. 
Um, but, you know, there is, you know, all of the businesses, all of the commercial properties within our boundaries pay a additional mill levy. So that needs to be part of the conversation, too. But is that a yes, Frank? Oh, we would love for the complex Look to be that. part of it for sure. Yeah, you should. Uh, uh, any of the money we make from Barbie and Oppenheimer <laughs> this week, <laughs> we'll roll into an account for that for that that small fee. I'm glad we could make. I'm glad you held us hostage for that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, Paul's been doing some some unofficial tallying from all of those nominations, and Frank is our secret sixth man. So we have five slots we're filling tonight. Based on what I heard, I have a top six that I want you to choose five from. Okay. We've got Bourbon Chicken, the R&R, Joey Mestis of the Satire Lounge, Felony Misdemeanor, Helen Bonfies, and Smiley's Laundromat. Which of those six should we eliminate, panel? I mean, I would sacrifice myself. Smiley's could go. I, 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 I have to tell a charming smiley story. Okay, go for it. So back in the late 80s when Denver was so depressed, for some reason we were named one of the top cities to live in. And so the Today Show came to Denver to do a report on everything that was great in Denver. And they sat down with me and I said, well, we have the largest laundromat in the world. And immediately afterwards, the um, Visit Denver, the Tourism Bureau came over and tried to kill me. <laughs> They're like, you have a national platform and you're telling the world about our laundromat. We love that laundromat. You're nominating it tonight. True. It's true. Okay. Okay. Good argument. Good argument. Anybody else have arguments for or against the top six that we have to pick one from? Patty's never going to let me pitch to her ever again. So you've read my last Westward Byline, but I think based off that list, Helen is probably, Helen Bonfies is probably the low uh, man on the totem pole for me, only because things are named after the lady. You can, you can walk from here. She bought it. She bought it, yeah. I, I mean, there's, true. There's a lot of great people honoring a great you woman don't. in Helen Bonfies, but if we're going to get to really why we're all here, which is that Colfax character, I would never bum a cigarette from Helen Bonfies. <laughs> I would maybe sell my blood to an organization in her name to buy cigarettes, but I don't think I would ever bum a cigarette from Helen Bonfies, and so she's the lowest for me. I'm, I'm willing to surrender her for this lineup. You're going to hand over Helen, Helen. Bonfies. So that would leave us with Paul. That would leave us with Bourbon Chicken, the R&R, Joey Mestis of the Satire Lounge, Felony Misdemeanor, and Smiley's Laundromat. Is that, that our mix. first class of the Colfax Hall of Fame? That's a nice I think mix. that's pretty good. That's right, a everybody? Nice mix. I like it. Get some chicken, do your laundry, get a beer dumped on you by felony, then go to the R and R and just kick back and hang out with Frank Locantore. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I think that's it. All right. Well, thank you, panel, so much. Thank you all for being here. We love to get to do this in person and meet you all. Um, That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were Paul Caroli, Olivia Jewell-Love, and Natalie Rivera. Peyton Garcia and Adrian Gonzalez write our morning newsletter, Hey Denver. I'm Bree Davies, your host. Our music is by Los Mocochetes with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe and rate us five stars wherever you get your podcasts and tell Felony Misdemeanor about us next time you see her. You can sign up for our daily newsletter by texting Denver to 66866 and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. 
See you next week. spell it just I typed ghetto the other day when I was typing get and I was like I've never typed that word on this computer <laughs>